When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you with advice and information that empowers you to make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, I'm going to start by talking about CDs. Is there still a deal out there? I'm going to let you know what I think and how you can put your money to work for you. Also, reports come out about the best supermarkets in the country. It's from one of the most respected sources, the American Customer Satisfaction Index. I'm going to tell you what makes a supermarket great, in your opinion, as a consumer, and who are the good operators? And who's not doing so hot serving you? Okay, this was really funny. I saw a survey the other day about what some of the largest banks in the country are paying on one-year CDs, and you're not going to believe this, one one-hundredth of one percent and three one-hundredths of one percent on one-year CDs. It's some of the, what I call the giant monster megabanks. I mean, come on. We are at a tipping point. I talked about this like six weeks ago. You may or may not have heard me talk about it then, but we're really at that curve. So inflation is not what I'd call under control, but the trend is completely clear. And those of you who weren't sleeping through economics, you know about disinflation, which is the rate of inflation is coming steadily down. Some categories we are in what's known as deflation, prices dropping, but then others, prices have stayed stubbornly high, like we talk about the supermarkets. Even though the prices are high from where they had skyrocketed to, they're not really rising any meaningful amount now, but they're already much higher, which is why people are so dissatisfied with what they're paying. But it's clear from what the Federal Reserve has said and the inflationary trends or disinflation is that interest rates are headed on their way down. And I was looking just now. So what's funny is there I'm telling you about how the wonderful giant monster megabanks are cheating people by paying at a time that online banks are paying consistently over 5% on one-year CDs. Five and a half, five and a quarter, somewhere around in that range, five and a quarter to five and a half tends to be where the online banks are offering. By comparison, Bank of America, three one-hundredths of one percent. Seriously? Chase, one one-hundredth of one percent. Now, let me tell you, if you have a, a BOA credit card or a Chase credit card and you're running a balance, they're not charging you one one-hundredths of one percent or three one-hundredths of one percent in interest. They're charging you 20-something percent likely. I mean, it's crazy, but 
customers of big banks just let their money sit and allow themselves to be taken advantage of through inertia. Move that money. You can look, uh, we have a list at Clark.com. Bankrate has a list. There are a number of lists. You can see the best rates right now on CDs of various lengths. The other thing, the value of looking, if you're a customer of Fidelity, Schwab, or Vanguard, looking at any of those three as the place where you buy your CDs through what are known as broker place CDs, FDIC insured, and often those rates will be higher than what you're going to find even with the typical online bank direct offer. But the five-year CDs that we're paying the most, paying above 5%, in some cases up to 6%, now they've fallen a point below what you earn on the one-year CD. That's called an inverted yield curve. Why is that happening? Because the marketplace is pricing in, Wall Street is pricing in, that we are at peak interest rates. So longer-term money is now earning less than shorter-term money. But if you have money that you don't need for a while, I love the latter. The latter is where you take your money, divide it into five, or at least three. If you do three, you buy, take a third of your money, put it in a one-year CD, a third put it in a three-year CD, and a third put it in a five-year CD. So you're playing shorter term, midterm, long term. A classic ladder is you buy five CDs, five different piles of money, one year, two year, three year, four year, five year, so that you're spreading out your risk of time versus the reward of the interest you can earn. So this is a time that's really good for savers with money you don't need immediate access to, to lock it down. Not as good as it was six weeks ago, but still, you know, this curve is turning. So it's very much to your advantage, particularly with longer term CDs, to get that money locked away. Now, there is another thing for people that are more investment oriented and need money in the equivalent of savings kind of instruments, which would be the closest equivalent, but with risk to your holding is bond funds. And there's a lot that's been written lately about how for people in higher tax brackets, there's now advantage again to looking at tax-free municipal bond funds. The king of that is Vanguard. They sell a variety of tax-free municipal bond funds. Know that if you buy one by a short-term, intermediate-term, long-term, a mix of those, you'll be exempt from paying tax on the earnings at the federal level. And you have the upside benefit potentially that as interest rates do decline, the value of the bond funds goes up. You also have the risk that if the market's wrong and interest rates rise, the value of your holdings go down. So this is more for people that are of an investment mindset and especially people in higher tax brackets than it is for people just looking to do run-of-the-mill savings. But here's the rule. This is when you want to have your money in either one of the four giant monster megabanks or what's known as a super regional bank, the big regional banks, for CDs and savings accounts. So the four giant monsters are Chase, Citi, 
Bank of America and Wells Fargo. Then you've got a bunch of these super regionals. When you want to have your savings or CDs with any of them is never, never. CDs, never. Savings, never. Because they will rip you off. Krista. Okay. Scott in Ohio wrote in and he says, I have a strategy for sharing bank account info that I haven't heard you mention before. I use it for things like Venmo and when there's no alternative or tax bills where I can't use a credit card without incurring junk fees. Capital One makes it dead simple to create multiple accounts with independent account numbers. One of mine is designated as a cash apps account. This is the only ACH info I give to anyone. I never keep more than a few thousand dollars in there, so the exposure is minimal. I can instantly transfer just the right amount in whenever I make a transaction once or twice a month. I use this like an airlock on my actual savings to minimize exposure and keep my money safe. I do something similar with my paychecks in a separate account, sweeping the deposited balance into my real account automatically. Am I being as Clark clever as I think I am? Any downside I'm not thinking of. So first of all, let me mention Capital One because we talked about them recently, how they were getting sued over having different classes of savings accounts, one paying a high interest rate, another paying a puny interest rate, and the courts will sort that out. But Capital One is a is a very unusual bank. There's not another one like it in the country where they both offer very aggressive, good online offerings and have a network of branch banks. So they are a hybrid unlike any other, and they do a lot of creative things. So, Scott, the way you'd know if you're in the clear doing this for your Venmo account by having the separate electronic account is read in the terms of the account if it's subject to what they, uh, they may call a cross-collateral clause or something like that, you'll understand as you read in there, if, you, if your eyes don't glaze over too much, is that banks often reserve for themselves the ability, let's say a criminal got in there through Venmo and overdrew that. The bank may reserve for itself the ability to go into any other account you have with them and grab the money. And as long as Capital One is not doing that, what you're doing works perfectly. And it's a great idea and ultra easy as a way to manage for Venmo or Cash App to make sure that criminals don't get in there and grab all your money. Pat in Maryland says this information is more of a word of warning for anyone who has, a. they mention a big store credit card. Oh, go ahead. Name, name the big store. This one's Home Depot. Okay. I recently read a notice that announced a change to the credit card. Yes, I know it's a junk card that I got prior to listening to Clark. I never carry a balance on this card and mainly got it for the cardholder percentage off specials. However, I was appalled that the interest rate is now 30% for any balance holders. To add insult to injury, the new percentage rate applies to previous balances. The store indicates they will cancel the account if the terms are not accepted. I'm torn between my moral instinct to cut the card up and return it to them versus leaving it in a lockbox unused. I thought about leaving the card unused until a special is offered, but the specials require that the purchase is only valid if charged on their card. So again, I'm struggling with my desire to get a better deal versus my objection at such an outrageous interest rate. My credit score is 830. Okay, so why did I ask you to name 
the retail. I don't know, the reason I did is I read a recent story in the Wall Street Journal about how the store cards are so obscenely profitable for a lot of major retailers that a number of major retailers now make lose money selling the stuff they sell in their store and all their profit comes from the store card. In fact, three big retailers that push their store cards really big time on people were profiled in the Wall Street Journal making some or all or most of their profit from their store cards with these extremely high interest rates in the 30s, Kohl's, Macy's, and Nordstrom's, that they sell the stuff almost as a loss leader to be kind of like a backdoor bank charging you the really high fees and interest on the card. Store cards are what I call junk cards. Home Depot makes money whether they had a Home Depot card or not. I mean, they're, they're very profitable. So if you use it just as a payment system, you're paying your bill in full, but you love the discounts that come with the store card. By the way, this would apply to other mm-hmm. junk cards too, store cards. If you do it just for the tie-in for all the special discounts offered just to cardholders, and you pay the balance in full when the bill comes, you can accept the terms from the Home Depot card, keep using it. And this would be true like even with the ripoff terms of any other store card. If you're not running balances, you're playing with the house's money instead of them playing with your money. I do have the Target red card because I save 5%. Yeah, and I have the Target. It's the only debit card I have Mm -hmm. is the one that ties in with Target where I get, get, well, I don't shop at Target, but my wife loves Target. There's some kind of thing. Target must send out some kind of tone or something that (laughs) appeals to women and drags women in the store. You ever notice you walk in a Target and you think that humanity was 90% female? Yeah. They do it, a nice. It's, it's a woman's store. They do a very nice job merchandising and like displaying their stuff. I was just there this weekend, this past weekend. It's funny because uh, there's a place I shop where there's a Target on one side of the street, one of these super Targets that they don't build a lot of anymore, but a giant one with the grocery and all that. And there's a Walmart super center on the other side of the street. And it's almost like the Red Sea parting. My wife goes over huh. to the Target, I go to the Walmart, and they're completely different experiences. Definitely. And I don't buy anything in Target because I'm shocked by the prices because I guess they're better than like one of those mall kind of places, but they're much more expensive than I'm comfortable paying. PJ in Florida says, I heard Clark mention that he purchased a stud finder from Sam's Club recently. I was curious as to which one he purchased and if he's been happy with it, thank you. And by the way, people did write in after we talked about that. You know how I joked around how guys will take the yeah. stud finder and put it on them, pretend it's beeping. The other people do that too. Really? Oh, yeah. So I read the reviews and I got a brand called the Sapphire. They've got two of them. They sell at Sam's. The one I bought was 1998. It worked very well. We were using it to hang this really heavy painting? picture. Yeah, painting. Thank okay. you. Piece of art. Piece of art. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Lane will have bought something 15, 20 years ago. 
And somebody will come over to visit and say, I love that piece of art. Where did you get that? And I said, I don't even, I've never noticed Never it. seen that. I never, I don't even absorb it. It's like, I don't have that art side of the brain to me whatsoever. So, but if somebody asked you where you got your, you know, your 20 pack of Coke zero, you'd say how much you paid down to the penny. So, uh, first of all, you don't buy Coke zero because it's not a 20 pack, whatever it is. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, you know, that's an interesting thing because we're talking about supermarkets straight ahead, you know, Pepsi and Coke raise prices to the sky and they kind of hit a wall with consumers. And I'm now noticing a lot of deals at the supermarkets, again, with discounts on Coke and Pepsi. And what I do is I know people tend to be with soft drinks, very loyal to one particular thing, Mm -hmm. but whichever is cheaper for me, Pepsi zero sugar or Coke zero sugar, whichever one's the deal that's the one I'm getting. And they are deals again. Uh, enough about that, because I'm going to tell you what supermarkets people love based on the newest research data and which ones they don't care for so much. It's coming straight ahead. So people became really sour about supermarkets over the last few years from the galloping inflation on things in the supermarket where people went in with a list intentionally to buy things. And then they're like, I can't buy these things. Look how expensive they are. Well, you know, now we're in a different mode with supermarkets and supermarkets know that we've been in a foul mood. What's clear is supermarkets are doing a better job and it's not anecdotal the American Customer Satisfaction Index that surveys such a large pool of people comes up with a list once a year. And the first most significant thing is all but one supermarket chain, big ones in the United States, had higher customer satisfaction today than they had a year ago. Significant movement. Usually you don't see such large movement. So People are not angry like they were, and supermarkets must be doing a better job. But there are three chiefs at the top, if you will, three supermarkets that came with the highest customer satisfaction scores of any of the big regionals and national players. The one that got the highest overall score by a whisker is not really a supermarket. It was Costco Wholesale that pulled in an unbelievable 85 customer satisfaction score. That is very, very high. Give you a comparison. If we were talking about cable companies or something like that, the scores would be in the 50s or 60s. So Costco is really pleasing people right now in the grocery section of the store. But two regionals tied Costco. One that has done well in survey after survey is one that most people in most of the country have never heard of, H-E-B, which is Texas-based, and people who shop H-E-B are loyal to it like it's a member of the family. They are intensely loyal to the store. I've been very impressed when I've visited H-E-Bs. 
And so it matters because regional supermarkets have basically been going extinct in the United States, getting crushed by big national players, but the very best of them continue to do very well. Another regional also came in a virtual dead heat with Costco and HEB, and that's Publix, which is a Florida-based supermarket chain that's up and down a lot of the southeast and eastern seaboard. Publix is employee-owned, and having ownership being owned by your employees is a big motivator. And Publix has continued to defy gravity. Publix has a reputation as being a more expensive place to shop, but people who shop in it love it because it's clean, the employees have hustle, they're well-run stores. Now, last year's champion, who's been champion, I think, five years in a row prior, fell behind these three, and that is TJ's, Trader Joe's. Still at the top of the heap, but not the very top anymore. So let's go to the bottom. Who is, again this year, rated by consumers as having the lowest customer satisfaction in the supermarket aisle? The nation's largest supermarket, Walmart. Walmart improved, but still a bad score, and the lowest of all supermarkets. Walmart is 20% cheaper, more or less, for groceries than the typical grocery experience, but at the same time, not making people happy. That's obviously something that they need to work on. And the, the second largest supermarket in the country is Kroger in all its brand names. Kroger did not get a good score again this year. Better than Walmart, but not that great. That's a problem for Kroger. Their market share has gone down and down and down. They're now down to 9% of grocery sales in the country. Walmart is over 20%. And Kroger has got to get the customer experience better if they're going to rebuild market share and maintain profitability. In the middle of the pack, Aldi, Whole Foods, and historically Wegmans that some surveys list at the top was more in the middle of the pack this time. The idea is you provide people a good experience and over time you build market share. You make people happy. They want to come back. You have dirty stores. You have bad checkout experience, whatever. Eventually people decide it's not worth it and they go somewhere else. By the way, I was in Whole Paycheck with Lane the other day. She wanted to stop in Whole Foods. Normally I buy a lot of our grocery staples at Aldi. I was in sticker shock beyond all sticker shock at what things cost there. And Aldi, to its credit, has more and more a share of the merchandise I have in the store is organic. So it's not even like you have to go pay all that money at Whole Foods to get organic because you can't get it elsewhere. Organic's available so many different places. It's so much cheaper prices. How much are you whole fooding it these days? Um, probably 50% of the time. Ugh. But I don't buy a ton of stuff. I mean, I'm pretty good about it. I've been really trying to cut down on my food waste. and But yeah, I, they have certain things there that I can't get anywhere else. I love Trader Joe's too. 
Dan in Massachusetts says, Clark, you recently highlighted the return of power to consumers' hands as inflation has moderated and retailers have had to respond to that reality. What I'm looking for is an app to literally put consumer power in my hands. I want to be able to find, even better be alerted to, the best sale prices on a basket of my favorite healthy and pricey grocery items. I live in an area with two regional and one national grocery store, as well as a non-supersized Target and Walmart. I feel that in 2024, I shouldn't have to go to five different store sites and weekly flyers to figure out if my favorites are on sale. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. I don't know that anybody has established a presence in the marketplace doing price comparison by uh, zip code or area for groceries. It's a hard thing because that data is not electronic. If you think about price comparison sites like Honey or uh, the ones that track various items on Amazon, like Camel, 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 is Mm -hmm. that right? They're accessing electronic databases, and it's really easy to do the sorting and come up with the price recommendations. At the same time, that's such a chore with stuff where the prices can be different store location to store location when you're looking at physical stores. Uh, So maybe somebody's tried it. If they have, I'm not familiar with it. And so it's left to us. So what I do is on um, sales flyer day, I have Lidl in my market, and in my market Wednesday is sales flyer day. I look at the Lidl flyer, I look at the Aldi flyer, of course, and I look at the Kroger flyer in my area, and I'm also in an area served by Publix, I look at the Publix flyer and I look at all of them, and then I come up with my list, and yes... I do the inefficient thing you're talking about. I do go to multiple stores to do my shopping. Sounds like a challenge for an entrepreneur. Michael in Virginia says, I have a question about overseas phone plans that hasn't been covered by the others that I've heard. My daughter is in the Navy and will be going on her first deployment soon. I'd like for her to be able to call home when her ship is in port. What makes this different from the uh, many other questions you've answered on the subject is that she has no idea what countries she will visit or when. She's currently on our plan with Verizon and has an iPhone 14. And note, I'm retired Navy, and from my experience, she has a good chance of visiting Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates. Also possible are several ports in the Mediterranean. Well, first of all, thank you so much for your service to our great nation in the U.S. Navy. And now your daughter doing so as well. Verizon's a great company. They're a bad choice in this case for your daughter. There's a little known company that is the right choice for her, and it's called Google Fi. Go look at Google Fi. It is a cell phone service that's owned by Google, naturally enough, supports iPhones, Androids, and it gives you the same calling and data privileges outside the United States and most any country in the world except maybe 20 of them, and you don't pay any extra using it outside versus here. Now, since she's iPhone, any country she's in, she doesn't want to make phone calls back to you or you to her. You want to use FaceTime and use that FaceTime audio or FaceTime audio and video to communicate because that's on the data backbone that would be completely free We've got a full briefing you can send her 
on Google Fi at Clark.com to see how it works and what you pay. But it is absolutely, for people who travel to multiple countries in the world, it is hands down the best deal anywhere on planet Earth for cell phone service traveling the globe. And if Michael doesn't have an Apple device to FaceTime, we love WhatsApp too. That's a great one for video calling. Viber. uh, And you want to have accounts with more than one. So if you're having trouble using one of these, you then use another. So on my phone, I've got, uh, I've got the Google meets. I've got, uh, I've got Viber. I obviously don't have FaceTime because I'm an Android guy and I've got WhatsApp. So that I've got multiple platforms to be able to communicate over. Okay, Paul in Arizona says, Clark, we know you're optimistic about AI and the potential benefits it will bring. My question is, what if I wanted to use it to help make stock trades? What are the benefits and potential downfalls? So, <laughs> Paul, <laughs> wow, you hit a, a serious hot button in the investment community. People are spending a fortune, by people I mean big enterprises, trying to figure out what role AI is going to have in picking investments and using it for hyper-sensitive, individualized portfolio building. The hyper-sensitive, individualized portfolio building will happen successfully well before the use of AI is successful, likely, doing individual stock picking. Because the things that people would use AI for with individual stock picking are always going to have biases built into them. Because people who analyze companies have put in certain inputs that create biases on what the output's going to be, what they're going to recommend. So there's nothing yet that I've seen in the financial literature that shows anybody who's come up with a winning strategy that stands the test of time using AI for picking specific stocks, uh, buy sell signals, things like that. That has been a path paved with misery. When people get into the red light, green light kind of stuff, buy this, sell that, do this, do that, do it right this second, buy this, buy this other thing, add more. So I'm skeptical about that being a big thing or something we're going to see soon. I could eventually be proven wrong, and AI will have so many tentacles, good and bad, that no one can even anticipate yet. But on that one, I'm not holding my breath on being able to give buy-sell signals on individual stocks. Now, I want to tell you, there's a buy signal I have for you, and it actually costs you nothing. Signing up for our free newsletters. We work so hard to give you information in our newsletters that will be valuable to you, and we've been successful with it, and I know because what's known as our open rate is unbelievably high. You know, a lot of people who subscribe to newsletters the number they open on a daily basis or weekly basis, very small. We have a ridiculously high open rate, which means we're doing a good job with the content we're providing to you. If you go to clark.com newsletters, 
you can see what we have available for you for your benefit. And when you sign up for our free newsletters, you later hate them. This is my pet peeve. We make it as easy for you to unsubscribe as it was for you to subscribe. So give it a try. And I hope you have a great day remembering what we're about, that you learn ways to save more, spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off.